Megan, are you ready? No. I'm ready. Megan's ready. I, well, I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but... Happy Trails is ready. Hey! Happy Trails, everybody. Happy Trails, everybody. Yeah, you guys, if you notice, there's something different about this week. Yes, and it's not that my hair has been cut. No, no, no. That's, it, it was. It looks really shaved on the side. A little bit. A little Does bit. Help, help with the cold plunge? Uh, it Yes, it makes it colder. <laughs> makes it colder. Insulation. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Megan, we got we to gotta start this right. So, engage your radio voice now. God. Hello, my radio voice is a little <laughs> off today. Well, we everybody, last night karaoke. Yeah. Welcome. So voice is like perfect for radio. It's, it is. She's got a good radio voice. That's awesome. Well, but, you, Blaine has a good face for radio. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> she's got a better face than we do for radio. I'll TV. be the voice. You guys can be the faces. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Like uh, it. Funny. So hey, so anyway, welcome to Happy Trails. I'm Matt Bynum. I'm a practicing dentist for a long, long time here in sunny Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, this is my cohort and partner, Dr. Blaine McLaughlin. And I'm in uh, Robbins, Iowa. Of course, we all know the bird was invented there. Uh, if you've listened to our podcast, and then we've been invented doing it for a long time. And yes. uh, we're here to talk about multifamily real estate, which is our strategy for building wealth. Uh, outside of our dental practices as we head off into uh, the uh, the sunset, I guess, uh, down the happy trail. And, uh, and so, yeah, and today we have our special guest, Dr. Megan Mueller. So she is um, kind of what our, what would you call it, tar target audience? I mean, yeah. maybe, you know, she's she, one of those young- She's ends. us, she's us. Yeah. 30, like 30, 30 years ago. ago. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so let's so, clarify that for everybody yeah. know. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, I don't know if I'm having a heart attack or that was Megan sticking me. <laughs> so anyway, we thought it would be kind of cool to have her on uh, the podcast here and just get her, get her idea and her thoughts. You know, we've talked a lot of, to you guys about uh, what we learned about uh, investing money in how to build wealth. And, and so we, we wanted to ask, you know, just see what Megan's thoughts were. And what she learned, I thought this would be a good idea. And, and I told her, I said, you know, you don't have to like make shit up or, you know, be, I mean, just, you know, be honest, because we always talk about how transparent we are in this. And we're just real people doing our thing and we're here to help if we can. So, um, so anyway, welcome Thank along, you. Megan. I, we're glad you come up. We're actually at a dental meeting in Las Vegas right now. So um, I made Megan Can get up. Can you tell from the background? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like Vegas. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Except the yeah, people. Anyway, um, so Megan's actually caught in a transporter between Robbins, Iowa, and yeah. Las Vegas. She's and, somewhere yeah, in the yeah. middle, so you can see that. You can see, but we're glad that you're with us most of the time. <laughs> right, right. So you know, I think, like I said, we we the reason we got involved is because our uh, retirement plans, our four hundred one ks, our IRAs, and all that stuff never really performed like we wanted to and and we were taught hey let's um put your give your money to the guy or the girl that is is the investor and and they will take care of it and and you know you, you we don't have to worry about it and it's not something you know 
I, I think investing can be a lot of work and it can be, uh, it can be, uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot to learn, right? And so we don't have time to do that since we're dentists. But um, so anyway, Megan, tell me what, what, when you get into, when you think about your yeah. retirement, how, I mean, what do you know about, about investing in, in retirement or anything like that? Um, I let my husband do it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Megan, how long have you, tell us your, tell us your background. So you've been practicing dentistry for how long? Yeah. I've been out of dental school for five years and yeah, I, I mean, I put money into 401 and Roth and all the retirement that year stuff you're supposed to, to do, supposed to do, I guess. Um, I try and max that out every year. That's kind of the goal. I mean, we were always we were never taught business stuff in dental school. So you kind of had to learn that. And then going through dental school, you go come out at an older age than just typical, like undergrad, you know, or not going. So you're kind of, I don't want to say already behind, but then you have a shit ton of dental loan, school yeah. loans and yeah. all of that. So then a lot, my mindset was always pay the loans off. Like I didn't want to be in debt. And we were always taught, no, that's, you should max out your retirement or put more towards retirement because in the long run, you're going to have more money than if you started even three, four, five years later. That's kind of the gist of what they taught us in dental school. So then so, I had a financial advisor person and I give my money to him, like yeah, Blaine yeah, said, yeah, and then have, he, the office. yeah, he does everything. So who taught you to do that uh, Roth IRA? Because you were in dental school when you decided to jump in that start that, right? Yeah, well, my mom's always been like frugal and really into putting money towards retirement and stuff. So even before dental school, she would talk to me about like mostly about Roth. So already taxed money. So when you get it, you're not, you know, being taxed on it later on down the road and blah, blah, blah. So she always said that was like the best to kind of max out or put money into, um, and so what is what does your mom do? She works for the city of Cedar Rapids, um, Iowa, which is right basically near it's, Robbins. It's a suburb of Robbins. <laughs> she's but she's done that. She's done that her whole life. Yeah, and of course, with her working for a bigger company, she she has more of those retirement benefits. She actually has IPERS, so similar to like the school system. So they have hers is way different than being like a small business owner and all of that. But she just knew because she didn't want to work forever. And so she's like, I need to, I want to, and I shouldn't say invest. It is investing different than real estate, but she wanted to do that early or as much as she could. So would you say that your mom is wealthy? Hmm. Depends how you define wealthy. Well, yeah, however you define I mean, it. I mean, she's 50, what's it? She's going to be 57 this year and she can retire in three years, which I don't think she ever thought that she would be able to. I mean, like most people, it's like you work till you're 65 or 67 because that's when social security is and that's when all of that, you know, and so I think she thought she was going to have to at least work until 60s. <laughs> I don't know. So I think she just had texted me like a, a month ago and was like, I can retire August of 2026. And of course, my first instinct was like, should I wait then to have kids so that you can be my full-time <laughs> nanny? <laughs> and Blaine but, said, Blaine said, yes. 
Yes, you wait. No, I think she is because she knows she can still have the same lifestyle and everything and be retired at a young age where she's young enough to still travel and do all that stuff. So I would... So, I asked the question not facetiously at all. I asked it because what you just told me was that you learned your financial direction from your mother and your mother has set up a retirement of which you deem as though she is going to be fairly set in her yeah. retirement. But the question was, is she wealthy? Is she the one that you want to emulate as you moved through life as a dentist? I would venture to guess somewhat but probably not because you like me and blaine as we were taught finances from our parents now yeah. my parents are by no means wealthy by no means wealthy they they led a great life they had a great life for us kids but they definitely are not anywhere in the position that blaine and i are trying to move towards for our families probably the same that you are but yet us, like every other dentist and every other professional out there, and maybe every other person, leads their life based on what they were taught by their parents who were never really successful in finances. Yeah. And what a scary thing that is when you step back and look at it from the outside and go, wow. So I've lived my whole 50, almost 56 years of my life emulating that which is never what I aspire to want to be. And I always sit back now and go, what a dumbass. Like, <laughs> I love I love my parents and they did the best they could with what they had. But there's so much available out there that we have no idea. And that's what Blaine, that's why we started this podcast, Megan, honestly, is because you just followed suit just like we did. And you fell into the, hey, I'm a dentist now. What's the next step? Oh, I got to invest in this guy. He told me I should go into here. And now I've got my money invested in that. And now I'm going to wait until we get to this. When the reality is, here we are after, you know, almost 30 years of dentistry with backs broken and eyes given out and everything else, and we're just not in the place that we want to be. And it's something that you are the target audience because what we want for you is for you to sit back 10 years from now and go, I don't have to do another thing in dentistry if I don't want to, because now I am truly set. My family is set. I'm set. The direction on our path is carved out for us. I do dentistry because I want to, and I only want to do it one day a week or two days a week. And that brings you a different level of enjoyment. That's why we started this path. So I love that you introduced it that way. It wasn't a setup question, even though it was, but uh, it's a setup question that we've set each other up doing the same damn thing. Yeah, Blaine? Yeah, no, that's true. And and I look back on my parents when you talk about that, and they basically taught me um, that the retirement plans are where you should invest your money. And I remember 2008, the big crash in 2008. In, um, and even before that, where, where I'm sure there was one. Anyway, and I remember talking to there my was, dad. There was plenty. There's a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. And I remember talking to my dad and he's like, and he's like, well, you know, I just, we just lost a third of our wealth over the last two months, you know, after one of the big stock market crashes. And I'm like, oh man, that sucks. You know, it, it, you really can't do anything about that though, can you? You know, it's like, well, you know, you that's where you invest your money and da-da-da and these retirement plans. And and you know, what that's that's what's out there, right? And and it just uh again after going these 20 some years and seeing that my stellar three percent return, I'm like, man, I just gotta do I gotta do something else. That's <laughs> huge. 
So yesterday at this conference, you know, one guy said, you know, they're talking about the, the recession, the impending recession that's been impending for the last year. Mm hmm may or may not happen nobody it's really knows. yeah okay whatever but they said they said yeah well they said the stock market's up 17 percent over the last year so i'm like and i've talked to megan i'm like maybe our our retirement should be up that much shouldn't it i mean you know if that if that if our if that follows the stock market which they say they say it does then we should be up substantially from a year ago and i i'll have to check that out and and see what uh matt like shook his head though like he didn't think it was i, um, I well i don't know much. yeah yeah i anyway um so no, i i hear the same thing it's up but probably not in the funds that you're in so i mean and and not the funds that i'm in yeah i mean that's the thing is yeah there's certain areas of the market that are up and those are the those are the high risk investments that people are making where companies are being bought sold and and tech is coming in and out. And yeah, that's awesome. But in the long haul of all the retirement monies that are being placed in there, they're not in vehicles like that. Here, I'm going to be really transparent with, with Megan, with you in general, but um, Blaine knows this because he's going to be there with me. I personally, when I first started getting into retirements and, and funding, I had no idea that the money that we were putting into there was volatile to the market and what was happening with stocks in the market. I, this is, this shows how stupid I am. Money goes into this account in this fund and this fund just grows over time. Right. Cause that's what we're told. What we're not told is this money sits in a fund that's being invested in different stocks and bonds and everything bills and everything else. And over the long haul, it either grows or it shrinks. Right. I, I had no idea until the market fucking crashed and we lost a significant amount of our wealth that I went, Holy shit. What am I doing? What if we're going to take risk? Why don't I control the risk? Why don't I control rather than somebody taking my money and putting it in all these little things that making it's making no money or we're losing money? How come I can't control that? And that's this is what's led us to this point now because I had no idea. Did you know that? Did you know that that money you put in there is somebody's putting it into multiple funds? Yeah, I knew that, but like I. I don't like go daily or weekly and check those funds and know exactly what funds it is and what stocks it is. And is it going up or down? I mean, I don't, you have a biannual meeting with your financial <laughs> advisor and then they go yeah. over and they make sure that you still want to be risky because you're young yes. or if you want to, you know, and then they, they base it off of what stock I feel like, or at least I think they base it off of what funds and stocks they want to like put that into you know, but I'm totally the opposite. My husband's all like, invest, risky, like we're young. If it comes down, it's going to go back up, which is true. I mean, we aren't retiring for, let's say 30 years or 20, hopefully, but like, it's going to go up and down, you know? And so, but I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to lose anything. I'm like totally opposite. So yeah. Security, you know your security is the number yeah. one thing for most women in general. Yeah. But if you read the cash flow quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, which I'm going to encourage you to do, I'm reading it for the second time, but the first time I read it, I didn't even pay attention to it. I'm listening, <laughs> I'm listening to it now and I'm just sitting there shaking my head going, why didn't I hear this when I read it, you know, whatever, six years ago, why didn't I really dive into it? Right. Because what you just said right there is those that sit on the left side of that quadrant, we're so averse to risk. We don't want to lose the money that we invested and we're so tied to it 
that we work our asses off for it. And by God, we certainly can't lose that. Whereas yeah. those on the right side of the quadrant are the ones that are saying, fuck it, let's see what happens. They're the ones that are creating the money. They're the yeah. ones that are taking the money and to top it off, they're paying no freaking tax. So this is, these are things that somebody like you, as you, as you dive in and learn this, it's going to blow your mind. Your husband's going to be like, honey, I've been telling you this forever. We need to take some risks. We need to do this stuff. And you're going to be going, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. But you're going to see the true way for you to have that security is to gain that kind of wealth and the ability to retire in 10 years versus in 30 years where you're thinking, yeah. I have to be ready in 30 years. Why not be ready in 10? Cash it out and do whatever the hell you want for the next 20, if that's the case. That's the way that we're seeing it now. And we want to try to pass that stuff on to people like you. Because the reason you don't know what's going on in the stock market is because you probably have a lot of time in your day to, to like just look at that stuff, right? It's just yeah. so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> to, to look at too that it's too fill all my time with <laughs> that too that's an option <laughs> oh shoot the you know the thing i never i didn't ever realize you talked about you didn't know they were put in little stocks and no idea funds or whatever i had no idea how many how many freaking fees there are for people to do that for you i i just i'm like it how goes do you in think there. they got paid yeah well you didn't never I mean, thought about it it was like yeah i mean i didn't I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, especially it's magic. It's magic. Magic, yeah. It's just one of those things I didn't think about. And now that you know, you know, you become a business owner and you have to have this, you know, uh, retirement plan for your team members. Um, I, I, you know, I get these fees and stuff all the time coming through, and that doesn't even count the the hidden ones that are in there that you don't ever see, right? And anyway, that just. Have you guys ever seen, we got to put this video up late because you just hit on something funny. Have you ever seen the little um, thing on Facebook, little, I don't know if you call it a meme or whatever the hell you call it, I don't even know. Is it a meme? Is it a meme or a, je a jiffy or whatever it is? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's this guy and, and the woman's yelling at him like, you need to be more responsible and take care of your stuff. And he goes, honey, I didn't want to share this with you, but I want to show you something. And he says, you see this basket right here? I put all my dirty stuff in here and I put it up on the counter. And when I come home, all the clothes are folded and put neatly in this basket. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what happens, but it must be magic. This basket is magic. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Because the wife's like ready to pull her hair out. She's like, you son of a bitch. And he's like, and this <laughs> coffee table, I just put my dirty dishes on here. And I come back and they're washed and they're clean. That's that's what happens. That's where your money is. You just put it in there and it's just like gross, right? So yeah, fees. Who the hell knew there was fees? Fees, yeah. Um, so I got a question for you, Megan. So what scares you the most about um, some of the things that Blaine and I are talking about? And I know Blaine's talked with you a little bit about you know, investing in things. What scares you the most about that type of investing versus the traditional, like you're saying, give it to your financial advisor guy and, and let them run with it? Um, well, first off, I don't have the cash flow to start something like that. I mean, that's maybe not like a fear, but Blaine's like, come on, invest, like put $250,000 into this. And then in two or three years or, you know, what, or even $50,000. It's like, okay, 
I have a business loan. You're welcome. You have the money now to like do that. I have a mortgage. I have dental school loans. Like I have other stuff that I feel like my extra cash flow should should go towards. I mean, right. I shouldn't go towards, but I have all these other ones that it's like I don't have this yes yeah. extra real life yeah. cash flow to do that. And then I think it's because real estate, at least, I don't want to. You could say taboo, not taboo. It's not. It's just new, like it's newer. This whole give it to your financial advisor and have them do it is been around for years. I mean, that's how everyone retires. And I would say I've seen more good from it than bad. I mean, yeah, yeah okay, my mom's not wealthy like we are. And then my aunt and my grand, like all this stuff, but like my grandma worked till she was 70, but retired and can do whatever she wants and go anywhere and has a lot of money. And my aunt is going to be 50 less than 60 when she retires and, you know, is a millionaire. I mean, millionaire in her retirement, like she's going to move to Gulf Shores and granted she doesn't have kids, but they're going to move to Gulf Shores to basically golf and live the lake life for the rest of their life. Like I see it as something that has been good. I mean, so maybe that's why I'm like nervous to veer off the path where like, you don't hear a lot. Like you don't hear a lot of people being like, I invested my money my retirement money into real estate. And I came out so much wealthier and do like, you don't hear that. That's not, I don't know. So I think that's what I'm the type where they're always like, you try it. And then when it works for you for a little bit and I see that, then I'll try it. Yeah. But that goes back to my like security thing, not wanting to take a risk. And like, if you're like, okay, here, just give like $5,000. And like, if you get your return on investment in four years, great. If you make money, great. Like that doesn't bother me, but like, you guys are doing big real estate, right? You feel like you're doing thousands or a hundred thousand or, you know, more. And I'm like, that's like a lot of money. I feel like that's something, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. That's riskier right now. I don't know. That's (laughs) legit because that's why I asked the question because I mean, if you're who we, who we're talking to, your answer is probably 95% of the answers out there. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you're not wrong in the thinking at all. I, I, I don't fault you at all for that. Not not in one bit. And Can I, I think ask it's you probably like lack of education. I mean, on the real estate stuff, which I know is like why you and Blaine are going to all the conferences. Like, you know, yeah. if everyone knew all the stuff that you guys are learning, then it'd probably be different. But then again, right. that's our time and money to invest in doing that. And it's like I'm just starting out my dental career, I feel like, you know, and then what do you put your time and money investing? Like I probably I feel like I should be investing in myself and team for the dental aspect instead of Blaine's coming to retirement on dental and wanting to do this real estate. He can take off and go to these conferences every other month and do that. Where if I'm going to be going off every other month, I feel like my investment should be more in the the dental, in the practice, not the real estate. Which is what we're doing right now. Yeah, totally. No, I think it's great. I think it's all, I mean, that's exactly what we did. That's exactly exactly what we did. How much, how much debt did you come out of dental school with? Well, I was on the low, I would say lower end, maybe one close to 200, 190, but my husband was above. I think he was like 260. So that's comparatively low for what we're hearing as averages around the country. Oh, yeah. Drastically low. Yeah. And it's still more, it's still more than, than I paid and Blaine paid. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. You got more debt than we did. Because it's a yeah. totally, totally different era, totally different time frame. You're right. 
So I get that. I get this, you know, the security thing is a big deal. And the amount of uh, loan and the nut that you have, have going is one thing. You've got your house, you've got payment on the practice, you've got payment on your student loans. Here's the crazy thing outside of the fees that Blaine mentioned, looking at debt and the relationship between that and the rates that are happening. This is where you, if you really wanted to take a little bit of risk and, and throw it around, you'd probably find ways to do that within your loan services and what the rates are. You could probably do that. And that's another discussion. But, um, you know, I, I totally hear where you're at because I think you're legit in your response. I mean, Blaine, you agree? I mean, I, yeah, I don't yeah. falter for that. No, I mean, no, I, I look how much money we put into our dental education after we graduated. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, and I tell people that all the time. I said, you know, they're like, oh, isn't dental school expensive? I said, well, I spent 10 times that after dental school on totally. my education, on educating the team and in yep. technology and that kind of stuff for the office to make our care better. And uh, so we, you know, provide a, an awesome service for a lot of people. Well, look at the, look at the conference you're at right now. It's a technology conference. Yeah. And I, I highly doubt you're not going to walk out of there with some new technology that's going to cost you some money. So, <laughs> um, I mean, that's just the way it works, right? Because if it's going to make it better, stronger, faster for your patients, then it obviously is going to be more productive for you. So that's how the cycle and the wheel continues, right? I have yeah. the same thing. I mean, I, I have more scanners in my office than, than I do personnel use them. You know what I mean? Like, why do I have, why do I have that? I don't know. Cause it's cool. Um, so it, it just, there's, there's things along the way. So what, what other questions you got for Megan Blaine? I know we had a bunch that we, no, we yeah, mentioned. I mean, those are, you asked them, you asked them, uh, the ones that I was going to ask and you did a much better job than I probably would have done it. No, never. You're, you're, you're amazing. You are incredible. Hey, you're good looking too. You look good. I just, I just bring the, you know, the, the good stuff. You, you just you bring the talent. It. I bring the talent. I wouldn't say that. Uh, I attract, go that I attract the talent. And you, uh, yeah. Megan, what does your husband do? He's a dentist. He is a dentist. I don't, did I know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. We're, he's practicing like, across town. He's yeah. practicing yeah. across town. Okay. Yeah. I totally remember that now. Yeah. Okay. Did you graduate same year? Yeah. So you must have got scholarships and he didn't. No, actually, the other way around. <laughs> so then he had to pay more because he, he got more loans. Well, he got, of course, you know, the scholarship money com compare, comparing to like the tuition amount. Yeah. It, obviously, it's like you can't not be thankful for that but you're sure. like okay tuition every year is fifty thousand dollars 45 40 to fifty thousand dollars let's say and then it's like okay here's like a five thousand dollars scholarship every year so like it helps in the long run but it's i mean he took out a lot more loans though like for housing and stuff so like he maxed out so oh, even yeah. with his scholarship money i think i was still less than paying less you know a year than him but yes he has he did he's the smart one in the family never <laughs> don't admit that ever well i can on this he's not listening okay <laughs> good then say to it say well to then it. screw screw him yeah. <laughs> whatever um so i had a question just came into my mind and flew out because i'm old now <laughs> and i can't remember shit so let me ask you this the your house you you yep. just bought a house Yep. Is, is, is your house um, an asset or is your house a liability? 
from everything you've been taught? I mean, I'm just, I'm asking, is it an investment? Is it an asset or is it a liability for you? I don't like, I, okay. So I know ask, I know what asset and liabilities are, but that's hard because if you look at it from like, okay, is my practice going to go bankrupt? They could use like your house or, you know, like use stuff kind of against you that you own. So that would be like a bad thing. But like, I feel like a house is a pretty secure, like thing. Like overall, I feel like it's positive. It's kind of like student loans. Like it's not like credit card debt or it's not something like that. So to answer it that way, I don't, I don't know. So you probably say an asset. You probably say an I asset. I would. I think yeah. so. But I feel like a lot of people would say it's a lot of people may answer the other way. Lane, I, how would you answer it? I don't well, it, you know, I would I think a lot of people find that the their their house that they have paid on for years and years and years is a lot of their retirement for a lot of people. So it's that, an asset. That it's yeah. an asset for them. That's what they that's what I, I thought it was an asset, but it's an expensive asset. But I, that's why I didn't know because I'm young. Like we just bought our house three years ago. So like, I'm yeah. not where I have majority of that paid off. So to me, like in 20 years, it would be more of an asset, I guess. But yeah. like right now we owe so much that. Yeah. You yeah. can't see it. Yeah. 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 So you want to talk Blaine a little bit about asset versus liability with the house? Well, yeah, we can. Uh, and this this comes from uh, Robert Kiyosaki, basically. And he says anything, an asset is something that puts money in your pocket. A liability is something that takes money out of your pocket and goes somewhere else. So you should focus on his goal. He said you should focus on buying assets. Mm -hmm. And that way you're getting income back as opposed to buying a liability you know, and everybody would probably consider a boat a liability. Yeah. You know, or you know, <laughs> a car. I mean, I like cars and stuff. You know, car, sure, but not yeah. a house, right? But not a house. Because I, I they, same they, same thing. The house actually increases oh, in value over time, and so that's I think where a lot of people find it more of an asset. Assuming assuming you sure. keep it up, right, and you don't let it go to shit. Sure. Right. Um, that makes sense. but it's still it's an expensive expensive asset, asset. over here um <laughs> you know but it's i mean again we're all taught that's the the way one way of gaining of building wealth is to have it in your house and then you can sell your house as you if you get older buy a less expensive one or just rent something move into a condo or something like that and rent it and then you have this nest egg of money that uh, that came from that but um Totally get that. And and I felt same thing. I believe the same thing, Megan. I'm not, not again, yep. not coming at you because we all were taught the same thing. Even yep. 30 years ago, we were taught the same thing. Here's what we know now is coming out on the other end of this 30 years and paying on a mortgage for as long as we have. And to look at the money that you put into this house and the money that you gave the bank, just yep. in interest alone will make you sick. <laughs> thick like yeah. you think you think my god why couldn't we have just rented the house for the same money and use this other money that we had and invested it somewhere else to make more money this is what we're hearing more and more from people like Kiyosaki uh, Grant Cardone Brad Sumrock anybody else that we're starting to pay attention to they're leaning in the direction of saying 
listen, your house is a, is a complete liability. It's not an asset. If you can use the money that you could have loaned and take that out and put it somewhere else, then it becomes an asset because you can make money and generate money. In the end, I think when you sell your house, it's going to be an asset. But throughout your lifetime, owning a house is a complete liability. And that's a 180 degrees from what you've been taught and what I've been yeah. taught and what Blaine's been taught. And again, the only reason I mention is because this is part of the script that we've been fed. Like, hey, find your financial guy, give them your money. They have your best interest in mind always because, you know, they're going to protect you, which we all know is not what happens at all. Um, I heard something this morning on a podcast that uh, uh, the guy said, if you're going to invest with somebody, ask them how, what's the percentage of money that they have invested into the same types of investments that you're in and how much they get from the percentages that they have invested other people's money in. So what is that ratio? And are they, because if they're not investing money the way that they're asking you to invest money, then they really don't believe in the product because they're not putting their money yeah. where their mouth is. Somebody, right? got, somebody got in big trouble for that. Um, last year some big big investment company because all the workers none of the workers were putting their any of their money into this into this yeah. product that they were selling to everybody else yeah yeah and they're like really you're selling this to everybody but you won't put your money into it a little crazy right <laughs> so I, i'm going to tell you where my eyes got open is when the when the market crashed in uh i think it was 98 in 98 i watched my financial guys they all recovered really well because they saw it coming, they pulled their money out, and everybody else like me was invested. We lost money. The money, we, it tanked. I mean, we lost probably half of the money that we had, had had in the market was gone. But yet, the people that are running the funds and that are taking our money, they pulled their money out. And I don't remember getting a phone call in Man. 1998 saying, hey, Matt, you need to pull your money out because the market's going to crash here. I'm seeing a trend. We got to pay attention in the next two months. You need to get that money out. I never got that call and neither did any of my friends, but we all lost money in the deal. And what that did is that proved to me that yes, the investors are out there trying to do well by you, but they're doing well by you with your money, not with their money. So, and if it fails, ah, it's just your money. It's no big deal, right? You've got more of it to give them because you're a rich dentist. And that's, that's, that's the truth of how it works. You you're in an income stream that you can, you can make money whenever you want to make it. You can move wherever you want and you can make money as a dentist doing whatever. She's not moving. Yeah, she's, she's tied in. She's tied yeah. in. Yeah, she ain't going nowhere. <laughs> she's like, you can't until you buy the rest of the practice. I love that. I love that. But, I love it. Well, we probably got to get rolling here, Matt. Um, yeah, you guys got stuff to, to do. Go learn and invest go in learn ourselves. And invest in our practices. I love it. I can't wait to hear what you guys buy. Get some income stream so that we can invest it in an asset. That's what we're going to do. Yes. I can't wait to hear what you purchase. So I'm excited. And we'll make us lots of money. Hey, yeah. I, it's, I, just, coming. it's coming. It's big. I can't wait. I can't just fill me in so I can just ride on your coattails. That's the most important thing. <laughs> right, right. Hey, that was, uh, I thought that was great. Megan, thank you for being thank on here this morning. You are awesome. welcome. Awesome. I had sharing. to get early to yeah. be here. Yeah. So Blaine owes me like a coffee. Well, we're gonna get, we got to get a coffee on our way. <laughs> okay, good. I thought you'd get a cocktail on the way. You're in Vegas, <laughs> right? Oh, God. That's, That's for me, later. That put me to sleep during the. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, once again, we want to thank uh, uh, 
the Atomic Punks for giving us our entry yeah. and exit song. Man, we got a we got a great uh, shout out from uh, Mr. Brian Geller, lead singer of the Atomic Punks, this week on uh, on some social media. He gave himself a shout out, actually. <laughs> he was nice. like, "Who's that guy singing the the entry song? That's awesome." I was like. <laughs> I was like, that's sad that you say that. No, I actually, um, <laughs> but shout out to them. They're awesome. And uh, again, if you're out here and you're watching, you're listening, give us a like, give us a share, send some questions, give us some stuff to, uh, to talk about and enjoy. And um, what do we always say, Blaine? Happy trails. Happy trails. Everybody. Radio voice. Radio voice. Listen to See you later. It's really good talking to you. Megan, have fun. Okay, bye.